Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. The book that we're going to highlight is our next is written by our next guest, Phil Struble. He wrote this book, Zebedee and Sons Fishing Company, and it's business advice from the Bible. Phil, welcome to I Work for Him. Why don't you tell people just really quickly a little about this book? Well, the, the book um, is is a story about a man by the name of Zebedee, and uh, everybody's familiar with the story where uh, in uh, Matthew 4, Jesus comes along the shores of the Sea of Galilee and comes to Peter and Andrew and says, come with me, I'll make you fishers of men, and then goes on down to two young men, James and John, who are in their boat with Zebedee, and uh, makes the same offer, come with me. And they leave, leaving Zebedee alone in the boat. And every time I read that, that that phrase, leaving Zebedee alone in the boat, just stuck in my head. And And after being in business for 35 years, I could just really appreciate that, you know, what's it like to just be left behind? So why did you, I mean, you said after 30 some years in business, why did you then decide to write that book? Well, I, I'd gone through my own personal uh, turmoil, if you will. You know, I'm an, I own uh, and president of an engineering company. Still am. Uh, still got a full-time job. And, uh, you know, in the late 2000, 2008, 2009, 2010, we weren't having any fun. <laughs> no. And, and uh, you know, I woke up several times during that period of time where I was the guy left in the boat and and had people leaving. I was laying people off. I had the bank called my loan. Uh, you know, my business loan, and I just uh, had gone through that and, and you know, worked my way through it. But, it, you know, just the, the weight of that just really wore on me really heavy. And, and I found that period of time where, man, I could just turn to the Bible. I just got so much solace out of that that I could just lean on the gospel. And there's just so many answers in there and so much so much forgiveness and grace. And and I thought, you know, that's how that works. Uh, and, and, and you never really, you know, you read about it and you hear about it, but until you really hit you in the forehead, uh, you just don't really appreciate it like I did then. Which part of Zebedee's story resonated with you most as you during that time, or even today, as you run your business? Oh boy, you know that's a, that's a tough question. You know, I wrote I wrote um, the the chapter on the Sabbath first because I was struggling with that, and I was just out of I just had gotten my master's in theology uh, and and. Uh, so I was really in tune with a lot of that. So I thought, you know, what what am I supposed to do being a Christian business owner? Because I was, you know, we're desperate for work, and if people wanted us to do something, we were going to do it, whether it in the middle of the night or on weekends or whatever. And but I was having some guys work on weekends and stuff, and and so I was struggling with that as a as a Christian business owner. You know, I I understand what other companies do and what their policies are, but I wanted to figure that out for myself. So that's kind of the first one I did. Um, I think accountability is the hot buzzword today. I mean, everybody's talking about how do you be accountable, and there's lots of new books out about being accountable, but, you know, they're also shallow. They all just barely, they, they talk about, 
you know, how to do a better job of communicating and keeping notes and project management and, and things like that, but they never really, they never talk about accountability. Um, and so I see that. Um, I just what? recently went... Yeah, why, do you, I, I just, why do you think accountability is so important? Man, it, it is everything today. You know, how can I just turn a project over to my guys and know that it's going to get done? Uh, or do I have to continue to go back there and look over their shoulder and do I have to meet with them all the time during the week? You know, it's just, do I feel like these guys are going to take care of what they're supposed to be doing? And, and, you know, I've got people coming in here that I just, I never get that sense. They just don't have that background or that training uh, already invested in them to to know how to be accountable. They just, oh, it's 5 o'clock, I'm going home, you know, and, and yeah, the deadline was now, but, you know, I'll worry about that tomorrow kind of attitude and, and uh, you know, it's just, it's missing and, and uh, people know about it, they talk about it a lot, but when they talk about training people to be accountable, you know, where do you get that? I, I, I've used the, in the book, I, I relied on uh, Ezekiel 34 where he talks about the watchman on the wall and I use that in a lot of my project manager meetings about, you know, where you stand. You know, you're the project manager. You've got that responsibility. And people inside the company are looking to you to be, you know, to get your job done. And the client from the outside of the company is looking to you to get your job done. And, and you're, you know, you're in the spotlight. you got to perform. you got to do it. And some people get it and some people don't. And, uh, so, and it's really important. It really is. And we rate. That's a big part of our performance reviews. Now, we've got the benefit of hindsight. So, obviously, Peter played a major role in the, uh, in the early church, and John was Jesus' best friend, also played a major role in the early church. I mean, these are two very key guys. Zebedee didn't know that when those guys left, but the impact on his business, how, I mean, how hard is it for a business owner to see his two best assets walk out the door how long do you hold on hoping they'll come back? I mean, have you ever lost what you thought was your most important employee? Oh, absolutely. That's happened to me several times. And, and how do you how do you, and, how do you how do you how do you move on? Yeah, and and you know, both the times that happened to me and and I think would be similar to this is they both moved on to something that they that was really a, a heartfelt dream. In fact, one of them's down there in your part of Florida. Uh, and he wanted to do coastal engineering design, you know, and you don't get to do that in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, but it wouldn't really do much good, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so he finally got the job down there that he wanted, and, and he was a guy I had a lot of plans for, and, and it was just the perfect situation for him. And and I lost him, and I couldn't have been more proud, but it was just incredibly painful. And, and uh, you know, so on one hand, you know, if if they're leaving for those kind of reasons and, and that kind of stuff, you can only be proud and wish them the best. But it, it's... It, it's hard to overcome, but, you, you know, one of the things about being a, a small business owner is you just never – you just can't write up a job description for the perfect employee and then ever hope to go out and find them. Right. You, you know, have to we're, develop we're, your perfect employees, don't you? Y- yeah, you do. You find the best you can, and then you, you, you work real hard to mold them into the culture of your company. And, and then I think also just equally important is you allow them to mold your culture into what they want to be because you know you like to think ultimately it's going to be their it's going to be their company, and so you know you can't be so rigid that they have to fit your ways. You got to you got to be flexible so that it can ultimately be a combination of the two. And I think that's you know I've got over half my company's been with me for over twenty years, and that's mm. one of the things we've really relied on is is 
when people come in here, we can kind of work with them. How long have you been a Christ follower? Well, I've been a Christ follower, um, very weak one for a long time, but it wasn't until the 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 problems we ran into in 2008, 2009, where I really discovered that it needed to go a lot deeper than what I had. I had an opportunity. There's a there's a group in Kansas City called Integrity, Resor- Integrity Resources, and um, started going to their, um, you know, it's it's a workplace ministry, and started going to all their events, just thinking, man, I just got to get some some help and some relief, and I knew that's where it would come from, but I just didn't know how to get it, and, and it was groups like yours that really showed me what I needed to have to, to hang on and believe believe in God and that he has a plan for us all. Talk to me about Zebedee. Okay, so Zebedee loses his key workers. He, he loses, he's now got to replace people. How, I mean, he's got to rethink his entire business plan. I mean, how he's going to actually market. What can we learn from Zebedee for, about marketing? Well, I, I think there's a lot of things we can learn from Zebedee. You know, the the, the marketing aspect of, of his business. You know, when any time you you know you suffer a setback, you know you, you got to kind of rewrite your business model, and and that's starting over, and that's looking at well, what are my co- you know what are my core products, and what do I sell the best, and what are my strengths, and what are my weaknesses, and and then you build a marketing plan around that, and it's just amazing the the number of things that the Bible has to tell us about that. Uh, you know, one of my favorite, you know, I'm a big Bible literacy guy. I just, I, I love just reading and knowing the whole complexity of the Bible and the stories, not just verses, but the whole stories around them. And <clears throat> just looking at, you know, take a guy like Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and, and think in terms of marketing and him. You know, he marketed himself so incredibly well. He could go to Mars Hill and talk with anybody. And and yeah, he got he got beat up a bunch, uh, but it wasn't because he was it, what he was doing. It was because he was speaking the truth, and the people just frankly didn't want to hear the truth. But he wasn't provoking fights. You know, he went to he would he would speak philosophically with people. He would he would eat the foods that they were eating, and he would you know act the way they were acting, just so he could relate to them and understand them better. And and just that all by itself is just such a great lesson in how to deal with people. It just always amazes me when I think about him and marketing it's a great example do you think zebedee was upset with jesus for stealing his sons <clears throat> well you know you also got to remember <laughs> jesus stole his wife too you know simone became a follower of christ and traveled around and she shows up at a lot of different things that jesus was at so you know <laughs> zebedee you know, had a, had a, Jesus had a huge impact on his life, and he was left alone holding the home and the fort and everything else. Um, could he be upset by what the guy was doing? I, I suppose it's possible. You know, he was a, a Jew, but he was in, a, in the company of the Galileans who were kind of all following Christ and excited about what Christ was going to do for them. And, and yeah, they didn't understand the fact that he wasn't going to build up a military uh, and take over the government until, you know, they didn't figure that out till later. But he kind of had to be excited about, you know, when Jesus talked about what the government, what he was going to do or, or his ideas about the government. And, uh, you know, he had to be kind of excited that, that uh, he might not take the Pharisees down a notch or two. That that was kind of good news as well. 
What when you look at the story of Zebedee and the calling of his sons James and John and the impact on his business, what is the biggest business lesson you have learned from studying that story over and over and over and writing this book, Zebedee and Sons Fishing Company? What what is the biggest lesson you take? Your biggest takeaway? I, th- I think my biggest take takeaway with Zebedee is just. Um, you know, how complete his life was. You know, he had a fishing business. He had his sons. He had other partners. You know, it was a business venture. You know, back in the days when being wealthy meant you had uh, one change of clothes, uh, it was the definition of wealth in, in that time. You know, so he was he was well off by then. Uh, he suffered a, a huge setback. Uh, the fact that we didn't hear any more of him until probably later when it sort of refers to the fact that he passed away by referring to uh, his boys in kind of a late fashion. Um, but but we didn't hear any more from him, so he just persevered. He he did, you know, it kind of it, it's like my example of leadership with the, um, with, uh, the writer of Luke. Luke, um, you know, he was the number two guy behind... Paul all the time, and and no complaints. He was happy to be that, and Zebedee was that kind of guy as well. I think you know he he took his lumps. Uh, he he you know sold his fish, and he just went back to work. He found some more people. Um, probably was frustrated that he might have spent a lot of uh, weekends and evenings alone without his boys and his wife, maybe. Um, but yeah, but he um, got to go fishing then. <laughs> All right, so let me ask this. Let me ask this question. Okay, so if we were to pull one of your employees on uh, on the air, how would they say Phil Struble's faith impacts land plan engineering? How how would they say your faith is impacting what they do each and every day? Um, boy, I hope I'm right, but I think I think the two things they see from me. Um, as I've just continued, because this is not this book is not an end product. This book is just a one step and a process that I'm just seeing myself being led down just continually. I'm uh, my the blogs I've started writing just keep revealing more and more to me that just don't stop on this story. But I, I think what they're going to see from me is is first of all some more more compassion, um, not necessarily in in putting up you know, with lack of accountability or lack of poor leadership, um, but just an understanding of, of who they are and what, what their needs are and what they want to do. You know, I get more engaged in conversations with people today about their, their personal dreams than I, than I ever did before. Uh, I think the other one is, too, is, is you know, I hold people accountable. And I want them to hold me accountable. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If if you say, if you agree with me, look me in the eye and agree with me, you're going to do something, yeah, that means you're going to do it. And and if you don't, you know, the conversations are not going to be very they're, – they're not going to be a feel-good conversation. Um, and and I, I've, I've fired people because they have a difficulty meeting their obligations. Mm. So so that's a and that's not very popular in today's world. You know, no, those are good lessons. That. Yeah, those are those are good lessons learned. All right, thirty seconds or less. You've got an MBA and you get a master's in theology. How does having those two master's degree help you live your faith out more effectively at work? It really makes me. I, I can I can discuss topics more comprehensively. You know, I, I understand um, 
money issues, but I understand them from a business perspective. I understand them from a financial investing perspective. And I understand them from a biblical perspective. And, and so I, I understand a lot of things more comprehensively, and, and my arguments and my discussions just, just really reflect that. And, and I think it makes for a better decision-making process. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. I'm learning so much about that, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.